This is day 93 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing Job chapters 25 through 29. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here. Dominion indeed belongs to you, and you have established peace in our lives. Peace with God and peace with man and peace with each other. Lord, that we just have this peace that is beyond all understanding. The world doesn't know. That's why when things are going crazy around us, we're not worried, Lord, because we understand that you are in charge and everything is going according to your will. As crazy as it sounds sometimes, as crazy as this world looks, you are in control and you always will be and you always have been. We thank you, Lord, for being sovereign in all things. You know much better than we do. And you are a much better guide than we are for ourselves. Please guide us into Scripture today as we start our day right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered, Dominion and awe belong to him who establishes peace in his heights. Is there any number to his troops? And upon whom does his light not rise? How then can a man be just with God? Or how can he be clean who is born of woman? If even the moon has no brightness, and the stars are not pure in his sight, how much less man, that maggot, and the son of man, that worm? Then Job responded, What a help you are to the weak! How you have saved the arm without strength! What counsel you have given to one without wisdom! What helpful insight you have abundantly provided! To whom have you uttered words, and whose spirit was expressed through you? The departed spirits tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. Naked is Sheol before him, and Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, and the cloud does not burst under them. He obscures the face of the full moon and spreads his cloud over it. He has inscribed a circle on the surface of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillar of heaven trembles and are amazed at his rebuke. He quieted the sea with his power, and by his understanding he shattered Rahab. By his breath the heavens are cleared, his hands have pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these are the fringes of his ways, and how faint a word we hear of him. But his mighty thunder, who can understand? Then Job continued his discourse, and said, as God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty, who has embittered my soul, for as long as life is in me, and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unjustly, nor will my tongue mutter deceit. Far be it from me that I should declare you right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach any of my days. May my enemy be as the wicked 
and my opponent as the unjust. For what is the hope of the godless when he is cut off, when God requires his life? Will God hear his cry when distress comes upon him? Will he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call on God at all times? I will instruct you in the power of God. What is with the Almighty I will not conceal. Behold, all of you have seen it. Why then do you act foolishly? This is the portion of a wicked man from God, and the inheritance which tyrants receive from the Almighty. Though his sons are many, they are destined for the sword, and his descendants will not be satisfied with bread. His survivors will be buried because of the plague, and their widows will not be able to weep. Though he piles up silver like dust and prepares garments as plentiful as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just will wear it, and the innocent will divide the silver. He has built his house like the spider's web, or as a hut which the watchman has made. He lies down rich, but never again. He opens his eyes, and it is no longer. Terrors overtake him like a flood. A tempest steals him away in the night. The east wind carries him away, and he is gone, for it whirls him away from his place. For it will hurl at him without sparing. He will surely try to flee from its power. Men will clap their hands at him and will hiss him from his place. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where they refine gold. Iron is taken from the dust, and copper is smelted from rock. Man puts an end to darkness, and to the farthest limit he searches out the rock in gloom and deep shadow. He sinks a shaft far from habitation, forgotten by the foot. They hang and swing to and fro far from men. The earth, from it comes food, and underneath it is turned up as fire. Its rocks are the source of sapphires, and its dust contains gold. The path no bird of prey knows, nor has the falcon's eye caught sight of it. The proud beasts have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the base. He hews out channels through the rocks, and his eye sees anything precious. He dams up the streams from flowing, and what is hidden he brings out to the light. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, It is not in me, and the sea says, It is not with me. Pure gold cannot be given in exchange for it, nor can silver be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Gold or glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for articles of fine gold. Coral and crystal are not to be mentioned, and the acquisition of wisdom is above that of pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Where then does wisdom come from? 
And where is the place of understanding? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living, and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon and Death say, With our ears we have heard a report of it. God understands its way, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth, and sees everything under the heavens. When he imparted weight to the wind, and meted out the waters by measure. When he set a limit for the rain, and a course for the thunderbolt. Then he saw it and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. And Job again took up his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in months gone by, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone over my head, and by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the prime of my days, when the friendship of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, and my children were around me, when my steps were bathed in butter, and the rock poured out for me streams of oil, when I went out to the gate of the city, when I took my seat in the square. The young men saw me and hid themselves, and the old men arose and stood. The princes stopped talking and put their hands on their mouths. The voice of the nobles was hushed, and their tongue stuck to their palate. For when the ear heard, it called me blessed, and when the eye saw, it gave witness of me, because I delivered the poor who cried for help, and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me, and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. I put on righteousness, and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. Then I thought, I shall die in my nest, and I shall multiply my days as the sand. My root is spread out to the waters, and dew lies all night on my branch. My glory is ever new with me, and my bow is renewed in my hand. To me they listened and waited, and kept silent for my counsel. After my words they did not speak again, and my speech dropped on them. They waited for me as for the rain, and opened their mouth as for the spring rain. I smiled on them when they did not believe, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose a way for them, and sat as chief, and dwelt as a king among the troops, as one who comforted the mourners. All right, so we come to chapter 25, and we see Bildad speak for, I think, the last time. And he doesn't have much to say, but what he says is just very mean. And he's run out of arguments with Job at this point. And so he doesn't try to prove Job wrong or anything, but he just declares that Job is presumptuous in thinking that he can argue with God. 
And in this case, he's absolutely correct. Who do you think you are? Dominion and awe belong to him who establishes peace in his heights. And he makes a very good point. Is there any number to his troops? We don't know how many angels there are. There's countless angels. And upon whom does his light not rise? Is there anywhere that he cannot reach? How then can a man be just with God? And how can a man be clean who is born of a woman? And he's talking about that sin nature that we're born with. How can a man try to be just with God? It's not possible. So, Job, why are you fighting God on this? You're assuming that you are so righteous, but you're not. And in, the, in some cases he is, in some cases he's not. But overall, the assessment is that Bildad is just, he knows, or he rather he thinks he knows, that Job is wrong, and Job just won't admit it. So that bothers him. Then Job has had enough of hearing his friend, so he goes on a long discourse on all the things that he feels he has to say to defend himself. But he demonstrates some very interesting understanding that is also ancient knowledge that we did not figure out until much later in history. So we see, beginning in chapter 26, beginning in verse 7, he stretches out the north over empty space. Hmm, what does that mean? He stretches out the north over empty space, as in space itself, as if the universe is expanding. He's the one who expands the universe. So that understanding that the universe that is outside of Earth is constantly expanding, how long did it take human beings to figure that out? 1900s? And yet this was declared 2,000 years before Christ, more or less. And very, very interesting. And he hangs the earth on nothing. It free floats in space. Wouldn't you know it? How do they know that? That is so interesting how they know this. When we, because you know, I personally, I believe that technology was far greater than we know back then. I think that they had a lot of very interesting technology that was lost to us because of the flood. But I think, think about how quickly we as a civilization have progressed when it comes to technology. Think about the time in the Bible, right? From the days of Jesus until now, how primitive things seem to have been 2,000 years ago. But how long did it really take us to get there? In reality, it wasn't really until like the Renaissance period that we started seeing things improve. And so you want to say rough number, 500 years. 500 years to go from the Dark Ages, so to speak, to modern day. 500 years of progress. And that is an accelerated rate. How much more do you think with Adam and Eve almost like being born with so much vast knowledge 
and skill and ability, how much they were able to do in their lifetimes. I mean, not to mention that, that their age, they got to live several hundreds of years. How much progress humanity can make. I can imagine they were technologically advanced. Can't prove it. The Bible doesn't talk about it, but it's very interesting. How would they have known that the universe is expanding and the earth floats on nothing? Very, very interesting when you think about it. It's a little mind-blowing, actually. So then Job is going to make one more reply to his friends in chapter 27 to kind of put the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. And he says something that I hope we can all say when it comes to our relationship with God. As God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty who has embittered my soul. I'm not saying we want to say that part, but he has been made bitter by God's judgment on him and the, the affliction that Satan has done in his life. For This is where we need to come in. For as long as life is in me, and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unjustly, nor will my tongue mutter deceit. Far be it from me that I should declare you right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. Wow, wow, that is so powerful. I wish I could say that. I fail so often, as I'm sure we all do, but that is a goal to reach. Or I can say verse 5 with confidence. Verse 5 and 6. Amazing. And then he goes to chapter 28 where he is comparing the achievements of men. How man is able to do such amazing things. Especially when it comes to engineering and going under the earth to find precious gems. And the animal kingdom does not do this. That's what separates us from the animals, being able to have that ingenuity, right? But then he said, after all said and done, with all the amazing things that humanity was, has progressed in, but where can you find wisdom? And then you have a whole section that is akin to parts of Proverbs, where it just talks about wisdom. And it makes me wonder, and I think that's part of the reason why some People think that Solomon was the one who wrote Job, or at least was inspired by Job, because he talks about wisdom so much. Not only that, but he's also the wisest man who ever lived, so it only makes sense. But it wouldn't be surprising to me if Solomon's literature drew from Job in inspiration. So then he goes on and says, where can wisdom be found? Where's the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Man cannot find wisdom, just stumble upon it like it's under a rock, you know? And he goes through how valuable wisdom is, and it certainly is that. And then he says something that sounds a lot like something that Solomon would say. 
He says, to man, he said, and this is what God is saying to man, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Understanding what? Understanding, the term understanding here is a noun. It is a thing. It is the acquirement of knowledge, right? But you can also say that you really understand who God is when you depart from evil because you've learned how he operates and you know what he likes. So it can be used both ways, I think. So then we see in chapter 29 how Job is recapping his life, how God has walked with him every step of the way, and then this happened to him. And he's so confused as to why, you know, God has blessed him so much in his life. And people looked to Job with such respect. And apparently he was so well respected and admired that, you know, like he says here in verse 24, I smiled on them when they did not believe. And the light of my face they did not cast down. As to say, like, they never thought I was going to smile. I'm so un- I'm so important for me to smile was odd. And when I did, it really caught their attention. So apparently he was a very influential man when he was younger. And all of that is taken away now. And then he's going to go into more detail about his current plight as he begins his other chapters. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.